Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, welcome to the show. Tell us what's new this week. Well, I thought we'd talk about what's old from last week. You know, if you listen to the Thursday live show, we talked a little bit about a patient who's been discussed on the show multiple times as, uh, you know, she was on the show, Debbie, and she was someone who was told by her cardiologist that she would never have plaque and doesn't need to ever be on a statin or worry about her heart. And then when we did our testing, we identified that she does have plaque because our tests have a higher resolution and identify the markers that measure risk much better than the typical blood flow test that your internist or cardiologist are doing because they're not screening for prevention, they're screening for surgery. And so this patient um, ended up at an endocrinologist um, who's fairly prominent in the area who told her that there is no such thing as insulin resistance which is really unfortunate because, as you all know, this is the condition that leads to diabetes. And, you know, I haven't talked to him about this, and, but, you know, how do you, you know, if, if there's no insulin resistance, how do you go from not being diabetic to being diabetic? There's always a process that leads to organ failure. It isn't oh, snap, one morning I wake up, my pancreas doesn't work. Right. There's a spectrum and a continuum of disease that begins with subclinical inflammation and eventually, in this case, 15 to 20 years later, leads to pancreatic failure. And the arbitrary line in the sand where we call it diabetes so it's it's quite dismaying that this doctor is seeing unknown numbers of diabetics or people early in the stages of diabetes 
and they're not being told a story about how it gets there. Well, it's good that your patient was already one of your patients and she didn't take it for the worthless information that it was and that she came back and reported it to you. But what about all of the other patients that are going to see him? Well, it's not just... It, there, there's so many layers to this that are unfortunate. Um, insulin resistance, recognizing it early is an opportunity prevention, not just for diabetes, but to prevent dementia and heart disease and Parkinson's. And to take away these opportunities from people is, you know, a shame. And that's the best way to put it. You know, you could call it much worse. Um, you could call it negligence. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is an expert, and this person also lectures to doctors. So if you're a physician and you're getting a, a lecture from this person you're not being educated, you know, because you know, not everybody is, well, we've talked about Amory, but doctors are stuck in the system and we're not giving them any, you know, relief anymore for doing it. They're, they're responsible for not leaving the system to take better care of their patients. But still, a lot of, a lot of information that we get is from drug reps and going to sometimes a drug rep dinner where uh, someone who's, a thought leader, a, you know, heavy air quote, thought leaders telling you about this disease. And if that person doesn't believe in identifying people and an opportunity for prevention, what is that? That's how a lot of people learn now. It's, well, it's yeah. terrible. It's what to do about it. I mean, I know the system's bad and the situation is bad and the delivery of healthcare here is bad, but what is to be done about it? Well, it's... And, and thankfully, the listeners are listening, I hope, and they need to not listen to their, you know, doctors. Oh my <laughs> you know, gosh. But what are you going to do? It's yeah. like, you know, when the expert who's telling, you know, giving your doctor some insight is pulling the plug on opportunities for prevention, that means your doctor is that less equipped to guide you early in the journey. Right. And it's it's really disheartening. Um, and you may go, well, what's the motive for a doctor not recognizing the process of, of developing an end-stage disease? Well, yeah, but when you get an end-stage disease, you now become a paying patient that he has to take care of, and it's a money-making situation. So and, that's kind of obvious. And you need the medications. And you need now the medication. You're, now you're in an FDA-approved condition where you sell the drugs that um, he's being paid to market. Right, exactly. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very disheartening. And, and this story goes even deeper, goes into other patients I've had who've been seen by this doctor. The same doctor? Same doctor. Mm, it's time for somebody to give him a call and call him out on this, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, well, okay, let's continue to talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on 760 WJR.
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we will ask you to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, last segment you were talking about an endocrinologist who told a patient of yours insulin resistance doesn't exist. But you have other patients that have been to the same doctor, the same endocrinologist. Yeah, this is not a good story. Um, This is my first patient who I've alluded to many times on the show, and unfortunately he's passed. But um, this is the like, day one of my prevention career. Um, you know, we didn't have all my uh, expertise fully honed at the time, but based on what I did have at that point in my career, I recognized that he was in trouble, this patient was, and I tried to explain to him that I was concerned about his arteries. and. He was very resistant because his endocrinologist told him he's the poster child for diabetes in his practice. And he was resistant because his cardiologist was very pleased with his lipid measurements. And all of you regular listeners will know that I don't really pay any attention to lipid measurements as a measure of risk or even A1C anymore as a goal to measure risk for events. And when we say events, heart attack, stroke, Parkinson's, dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, all those, heart failure. So it was very difficult for me to get through to this person. And I want to say I never really did Um, because in the back of his mind, he always had a good A1C, even though he's falling apart. And if his endocrinologist is telling him he's doing great, then he wasn't listening to me as the primary care doctor. If his cardiologist says he's doing great, even though he just had a bypass, <laughs> he's not listening to me. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous because, you know, just I think there's sort of a God complex going on in this country, and especially for specialists. So if you have a specialist, with, if it's an endocrinologist or a cardiologist or whatever other kind of specialist is, people feel as though, you know, they've reached the penultimate in medical care. And that sort of overshadows what the primary care physician says, albeit that you're actually a specialist in prevention. Which is still a poorly understood concept among my peers because we're talking in ways that just don't... We didn't learn this in med school. You know, this isn't approved by the FDA. This isn't a process that's obviously uh, well-established by the medical community. In fact, it's not being practiced at all, and it's still being worked against by the top-tier specialists in our community because they're not getting paid to stop this. They're getting paid to allow you to wait till you have an end-stage disease and then give you an expensive pharmaceutical agent, which may or may not work. So... This all came up again today for me, just coincidentally, because we had a drug rep for our 
come into our office today who was promoting a brand new diabetic drug that was lectured on by this doctor. And my associate, who's in the office with me, Dr. Abood, brought up that the mechanism of action of this new drug may not be in the best interest of prevention because it raises insulin levels. Yes, it causes your A1C to go down and it makes you lose weight. But as my patients know, and as you should know by listening, weight loss is not a marker for risk prevention, and neither, in my opinion, is A1C. And when you have better data, you can see that that, is, that happens. Uh, and now I don't have anything published, of course, or I should say, unfortunately, to support that. But anecdotally, I've seen several patients who have bad diabetes have resolution of their insulin resistance, reduction in their vascular plaque measurements, if not total re re resolving their plaque, and their A1C remains high. And I've stopped using insulin in my practice for diabetics, at least as much as I can, um, because insulin resistance, which is the mechanism of all these conditions, is a state of high sugar in your body and high insulin. So why would I contribute to that by giving you more insulin? Right. And so this new drug, which sounds great on paper unless you look a lot closer into it, yes, it makes you lose weight and, make, and drops your A1C, which sounds good because that's what the system wants. The box well, is, it shouldn't be looked on as a diet pill. I mean, that shouldn't be something that's leading people to take this medication. That should, in fact, they probably ought not to mention that. <laughs> I don't know, you know, if it's done. So there are other drugs that I use a lot that I love because they fix insulin resistance and weight loss is a side effect. And, of course, we're not using it for the weight loss, but I, I use it as an excuse. I might use weight loss as an excuse to get this drug into my patients because it fights insulin resistance and lowers their artery inflammation. And if their insurance covers it, then why not get it to them? And if they lose weight, great, and we fix their insulin resistance and their artery disease, great. If they didn't lose weight, well, we still fix their insulin resistance and their artery disease. So, you know, here's this drug that's going to get promoted like crazy because it causes, as a side effect, more weight loss than a lot of the other diabetic drugs. It may not be have the outcomes that we're going to expect again time will tell but i'm predicted today that it's not we're not going to see the outcomes of its of, of the previous drugs because the way this one works and we'll see so but is, is it our a replacement expert, is it a replacement for insulin no well you know insulin is a tool used by doctors to lower a1c and lower blood sugar measurements but again, that's not really the goal in my practice anymore. Do I have patients on insulin? Yes. But I wish they weren't. I mean, they're on every other thing also. But these are people that just, they're tougher, they're more resistant. You know, it's not everybody wants to buy in at the same rate as everybody else. And what about the patients who are on insulin? Is that a life sentence? It's really hard to get off insulin because by then, 
you've really lost a lot of pancreatic function. You spend a lot of time in your life not taking care of yourself. Those are a lot of habits to break. So it's, What do you mean by not taking care of yourself? What does that mean? Well, the diabetic that's on insulin probably hasn't been following a healthy lifestyle. And maybe not their fault. They were never guided on a healthy lifestyle because all they did is go to the doctor and said, you've got diabetes, here's a pill. Here's right. another pill. Mm -hmm. Here's a third pill. Here's some insulin. Here's mm -hmm. more insulin. Mm -hmm. You know, there's never a whole lot of talk about exactly what you got to do. And because the patient comes in, the labs don't look good, and the doctor's compelled to act. And that action is write another script or increase the dose of a current script. And think about the money that it all costs, because I hear a lot of people who are on insulin talking about paying $1,000 for their insulin. That's ridiculous. Well, <laughs> you're really paying money for the delivery device, which is patented and new, the pens. The uh -huh. insulin itself should be very inexpensive, and if done in a vial with syringes, but everybody wants the fancy pen because it makes the delivery that much easier. Um, I mean, Still, being a diabetic, a these pills run six grand a year per pill, and people are on multiple drugs. Wow. 500 a month. It's unbelievable, the cost of pharmaceuticals and the cost of treating these chronic diseases. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us talking about his personalized concierge practice, and explaining the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're going to ask you to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, last segment, we kind of segued in, into the immense cost of these pharmaceuticals, once you get diabetes, you're sort of hooked for life. What's the patient to do? Well, of course you're hooked for life because this is a, a chronic disease that needs to be managed. And, you know, I'm during this, while you're, this brief break that we had, I'm thinking, you know, we are being, I am being a little harsh on the specialist here because they're not getting patients in a prevention mode. You know, the endocrinologist doesn't get the patient who's pre-diabetic. Well, they're getting the patient who's already got the disease. That's why they're being bumped up to the specialist to treat right, it. Right, exactly. That's the nature of what a specialist does. And you already are diagnosed and need a cardiologist or an endocrinologist. Right. and we still need the specialist to educate the doctors about their opportunity to prevent this from happening at all. Well, then and, they wouldn't have any patients. Well, there's still enough disease out there for everybody to have patients, right. um, even the cardiologist. You know, you're not going to the cardiologist because you don't have a problem. You're going there because you have some symptom and you're worried about your heart, and they screen you for surgery, and then they're done. 
um, this really is a failure of primary care across our community, and I'm going to say across this country, because this isn't like a isolated Metro Detroit, you know, listenership at WJR problem. This is a national problem. Well, and that goes without saying, because yeah. when you do the uh, weekly live show, we get calls from all over the country, not just metropolitan Detroit. But still, for the specialists not to have their opportunity to educate the primary doctors about their opportunity to prevent disease early on. But again, in that environment of a pharmaceutical sales pitch, that's not that doctor's job. His job is to sell that drug. And so by denouncing and denying insulin resistance, he's helping sell his drug. And believe me, the reps love it. You know, when he basically pulls the plug on any opportunity to prevent diabetes. In my world, wouldn't it be nice to identify that you're on a track of this condition 15 years before it happens and that you can do a couple things to change your lifestyle and maybe never become diabetic. What age is that? What age is it's, the, it's the time to start? Well, it's wherever you prevention. are. It's, it's go to the doctor today. And right. wherever you are is where you start. So... There are people who are starting to become insulin resistant at 60, and there's people that are starting at age 20. But when they, when they start to become insulin resistant, is that uh, recognizable on your common garden variety blood test that you get during your annual physical? It is, um, but you do need the doctor to, you know, notice it and spend a few minutes to talk to you about it because, as we've said ad nauseum, doctors don't have that time. They've got five minutes, and so there's no time to give you this education, which is critical, because out, you know, these silent killers, high blood pressure and insulin resistance and sleep apnea, these are things that don't really cause symptoms or cause not enough symptoms to drive you to treatment or disease identification even, and you, don't, you go decades before they start causing problems. So... Imagine having this opportunity to know that you're on this track very early, be guided on a few lifestyle changes, and then you, you know, and never have it. You know, why have it, you know, if you can avoid a condition that's going to cost you four to five specialist visits a year, three to four drugs that are going to cost you, you know, untold copays forever and all the other chronic diseases that come with it that are going to come later in life when you're supposed to be retired and enjoying yourself. A little bit of work, but you've got to know that you're on the path. You've got to hear about it. You have to learn about it because the specialists are saying it doesn't exist. Well, let's talk about the primary care physicians first of all here. I mean, I feel like a lot of patients are being hoodwinked into thinking that if they go every year, every six months for their annual physical, you get a blood draw. You said that the doctor can see it's identifiable in the blood draw. He should be following it and and recognizing the markers and then have that conversation with the patient. I mean, that's that's kind of like his medical responsibility to say you're walking down the wrong path. It is in theory. The problem is that the 
population medicine system in place is paying doctors to check different boxes that don't involve that conversation. And so it's being ignored because those boxes don't need to be checked. And we've already said, you know, we're not, that's no longer an excuse on this show. As if you're a PCP, it's your responsibility to leave your job, leave your employer, and set yourself up in a situation where you can be a better doctor. And if the listener is not happy with the service that they're getting, you know, I met with some family members this week for dinner, and, you know, this is an ongoing conversation. Why are you seeing an internist who won't answer your questions? And what was I mean, the answer? There is no answer. Mm-hmm. What, what answer can there be? There is no answer. Then you have to find another internist, well, I but, guess. Well, but, you know. That's not easy, there's though. No, it's not easy, and there's a lot of specialists involved, and there's a lot of, you know, I'm in here already, and it's, it's a lot of entropy to get over to make that change. But why do you keep going year after year when all this time you've gotten literally zero input into your care other than another referral, which is never talked about again? Here's a problem. There's a referral. You go back to the special, your PCP, and that, 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 like it never happened. Oh, how'd that visit go? Not, not part of the conversation. And these are people in my family who should know better, but they've got their own resistance issues, reasons why they, they can't do it. Do, I don't understand it. Just because you're related to me doesn't mean you're following the path. Right. Because I'm not supposed to be my family's doctor. Well, I mean, aside from your family, I'm just thinking about all the listeners out there that are going to see their primary care physician and thinking that when they get these tests, be it an EKG, a stress test, uh, you know, blood draw, that they're home free if the doctor doesn't set up a red flag and say, listen, there's indications here on, on these tests that are showing me that this is examining from last year and the year before. You need to make some significant changes or you will wind up dependent on, you know, uh, the, all, all of the pharmaceuticals that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life if you don't stop the process now. What's the patient it's, to do? Well, you know, this is again, this is why we do the show is to educate the patients, and and it's a little upsetting, in the you know, last Thursday when we had this, and today talking about all the barriers you have as a human in a list, you know, in this place, this world, to getting the right care, when even the doctors who educate other doctors are selling you out, right, for for money. And it's, it's so sad and so disappointing. And this is why we're going to, you know, make you listen to one more segment of the show to hear that you've got to gather your own information, go through it on your own, and make your own plan because you are not going to hear about it from your doctor. Yeah, so again, it's incumbent on the patient to um, find out where they're going to get the right doctor and get into the right care once again. Anyway, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. 
You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board-certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, we're here at the final segment of the show, and over the break you were telling me four out of ten people have insulin resistance. How did it get to come to that stage in this developed country. Well, we've had shows about this too, Amory, about epigenetics, which is the environmental effects on our genetic presentation. So your genes are your genes. You know, mutations don't really account for the amount of diabetes, but it's epigenetic changes which are environmentally induced um, push people toward diabetes, allergies, autoimmune diseases, all these things that seem to run in families but don't really have a true genetic predisposition. It's, it's all through epigenetics. And so every generation, it compounds because you just keep growing up in an this toxic environment and we're exposed to more and more toxins than our parents and grandparents were. So... Four out of 10 have insulin resistance. One out of 10 are diabetic. So this four out of 10 is, that's where we're headed. You know, four out of 10 is an opportunity to stop you from being diabetic. Not to become diabetic. It's not, if you're not committed there, it can be stopped, it can be reversed. But it needs to be identified and you need to be educated on what to do. And, it, and does it need a medicine... It sometimes does, but it doesn't have to be expensive. There are generics that you can reappropriate for um, as long as the FDA allows us to keep doing that. will let us, you know, that stops insulin resistance. But doctors aren't recognizing it, and some, some are afraid to use those drugs anyway. But that's another topic. So, you know, what do you, we, we left the last segment of what do you do. And so it's up to you, listener, to recognize whether or not you have insulin resistance because your doctor isn't going to make this connection. So you've got to look at your lipid panel. Even though I think lipids are worthless, there is some information there that you can get. And number one is, is there a family history? If you have a family history, consider yourself at risk for diabetes, you know, insulin resistance and diabetes. So let me just jump in here. If you have a family history... At what age do you suddenly wake up and smell the coffee and say, okay, I Today, have to... Today, however old you are. If you're old enough what to be listening 20? to... Just, sure. Why? Yes. Is 20 too old, no, too young? It's not. No, there's no too old. If you're alive, go and look at this. Um, 20 is not too young if you have a family history of diabetes, especially now. So if you're, if you're a listener, look at your lipid panel. Well, you have to ask to look at your lipid panel. You've got to know a little bit about what to ask for when you get that blood draw. Well, and people I think that can you have access to, it. Yeah, I understand, but I think you have to nail the doctor when you're in there. When you, 
the phlebotomist comes and takes your blood, you need to know, okay, what what are the results and what are the red flags? Well, the doctor's not sp spending the time to talk to you about it anyway. You know, there's some simple things. So number one, if you have a family history of diabetes or if you have a family history of a lot of chronic illness like heart disease, stroke, dementia, Parkinson's, assume that your family members, even if they weren't diagnosed as diabetic, that they had insulin resistance that caused those conditions. You've just got to assume the worst. And then you can look at your lipid panel in a very critical way, which is, is my triglyceride to HDL ratio high? And I'll define high as very strict, two or higher. And that's not that high to most people, most doctors. So if, if that ratio, so let's say your triglycerides are 101 and your HDL is 50, that means your ratio is over two to one, you're at risk for being diabetic or have insulin resistance, even though your triglycerides are excellent at 101. That's a pretty good number. But there's an interplay between how your body metabolizes food and generates quality lipids um, that you just can't do if you have insulin resistance. So you'll have problems making quality HDLs and, and quality um, other lipid particles, which you don't have access to. But number one is that triglyceride to HDL ratio. Number two is a non-HDL. So if you have a high non-HDL and a low LDL, and this is too complicated, Amory's looking at me like, no, because I'm just I'm just thinking about, you know, once once you go back to your doctor, once you've had your physical and he gets the results of the blood test, you you literally have to have notes as to what to ask no, for. No, no, but what I'm telling you, Emory, is that if you have these kind of numbers, you're the doctor's gonna tell the patient they're normal. Period. And if you start asking questions about ratios and all that, they're gonna go, Don't worry about it, it's normal. Because this is below their threshold. Of disease. Right. So you don't disease. yet have the disease, but you're heading down the path to get it. Not even that. You're normal. Right. I don't have time to talk to you. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Because it's below their concept of what the disease is. They don't recognize the path. Mm -hmm. Like this endocrinologist. There's no path. You just show up one day, you're diabetic. No, there's a path to get there. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn because your doctor isn't recognizing the path either because the thought leaders don't are ignoring it so that they can sell their drugs and get money to speak at lectures. Mm -hmm. So these small numbers, you know, make a difference. And then what do you do? You need to not eat foods that have sugar in them, not eat foods that have chemicals in them, and you need to move your muscles because you have a condition where you do not absorb sugar because you have faulty insulin receptors. And if you look at this and go, well, I don't want to give up these foods that I like, well, then you can also think of like, I don't want to give up breathing, you know, when you're a little older. You know, I want to give up my toes, you know, or I want to give up my freedom away from dialysis. Right. You know, I mean, these are... I realize that's a, a you know a 30, 40 year jump, but there's no point in your life where you're gonna go, you know what, I'm ready, I'm ready to give up going out all the time. I'll sit on a dialysis machine three days a week. Mm -hmm. when, when is that okay? When is it okay to not be able to walk around the corner with your, your spouse or go on vacation or see your grandkids' wedding because you didn't take care of yourself today? Right. 
And everyone asks me, what's the ROI on whatever I'm doing, the return on investment? The health ROI is a month. If you buy in, you're going to feel better in less than a month. And you'll right. be able to start doing things that you didn't think you could do. So wherever you are on this spectrum of disease, you can turn back the clock. And if we're identifying you early enough as a on the path to becoming diabetic, you can delay this path decades. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're 30 and you were on the path to be diabetic at 50, now we push it back to 70 because you've established some habits that save your life. It's amazing that people do have this opportunity and this second chance, but they need to take advantage of it and wake up and get into a practice like yours that specializes in prevention. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late. Tune in to Dr. Colander's weekly live show, Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can call in and talk to him directly. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you become aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. Thank you for listening. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.